we go. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. Hi, Jimmy died. Yes, this is the memorial in memoriam episode for for Jimmy. Um, he got hit by a semi last night. Uh, so welcome to Red Light Podcast. Don't don't sugarcoat it. I mean, I know it's stereotypical, and people probably won't believe it, but it was erotic asphyxiation. It was. So, rip in peace, James Preston Harrison. No, he's just not feeling good tonight, so me and Connor are just going to man this episode. We're going to do a post-Halloween spooktacular, reading creepy pastas slash spooky spaghettis. And this is your first foray into creepy pastas. Yes, it is. I genuinely... Like before this, I didn't know what those were, to be honest. You know, I just, I've heard about like, you know, urban legends type of thing. And I thought those were at least somewhat similar, but no. I mean, are... essentially, I mean, like Slender Man and stuff. Slender Man's an urban legend. Yeah, fair point. An internet urban legend anyway. All right. So how about you start it and take the lead so I don't have to risk embarrassing myself? Okay, like I said before, um, I'm going to try to lay down some spooky tunes while we read. So we'll see what I can do. This one's called No End House. And this is the scariest one I've ever read. Is that sarcasm or genuine? A genuine. Oh, okay. I couldn't tell. Let me start by saying that Peter Terry was addicted to heroin. You fucker. I fucking knew you were full of shit. Alright. So that's it. You got nothing else to do. Literally just that. I mean, Peter Terry was addicted to heroin. Addiction is a scary thing. It's a disease, Connor. That is such a cop-out. I feel bad for having one that was two sentences. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, I can one-up you already with my shittiest one. Well, let's go. All right. So, oh, God. Nothing broke. Okay. Okay, so this kind of reminded me of an old, you know, not necessarily wise tale, but an old saying I used to hear about when I was younger. So it goes, every time you exhale, a little bit of your soul escapes. Luckily, you almost always inhale it back before anyone else gets to it. Jesus Christ, good thing I can never breathe. And, you know, they're talking about, you know, how have you ever fogged up a mirror, like that kind of shit underneath it. But it reminded me of uh, an old one when I was younger where I can't remember what it came from, but the idea was... When you sneeze, your soul leaves your body. So someone says, God bless you, so that your soul gets taken back into your body or something along those lines. So I just thought it was kind of cool. I always end up getting my soul all over my arms. Every time you sneeze, a part of you dies. That's all I'm saying. Every time I do anything, part of me dies. That's why I don't take allergy meds. Okay, cool. Well, you know, welcome to Red Light Podcast. Everybody's dying. Yep. So I guess technically that was your story. I mean, it's better than, oh, this random person was addicted to heroin. (laughs) 
Okay, then. This next one I have is called The Keyhole. This already just... Yeah, I feel like I already know where this is going. A man checked in at a hotel, walked up to the front desk to collect his key. The woman at the desk gave him his key and told him that on the way, there was a door with no number that was locked and no one was allowed in there. Especially no one should look inside the room under any circumstances. So, you know, like, spooky, spook room. So he followed the instructions of the woman and proceeded to his room and went straight to bed. It's. I was legit stressed about this. I thought mine weren't good enough. I thought all of them were shit. And now you're just pulling all this. You said you only had three. You have yeah. one more. Yeah, my one more is real. Actually, really long, and it's a, it's an original one of the the original creepy pastas. Oh, like, oh, okay. So a literal. Okay, gotcha. gotcha. Yeah, it's no. I just wanted to start with two really stupid, funny ones. My last one is not really long, but it's, you know, is what it is. Accept it. You don't like it, skip it. During a wedding reception of a young couple, the guest decided on a drunken game of hide and seek, which seems so smart, in my opinion. It was decided that the groom was it, and he eventually found everyone but his new bride. He eventually became so furious, he decided it wasn't funny anymore and left. As weeks and months went by, he accepted that she had just gotten cold feet and left. A few years later, a cleaning lady dusted off an old trunk in the attic of the building where the wedding reception was held. And out of curiosity, she opened it for some odd reason. She felt like opening else someone else's possessions. Yeah, because, uh, you know, that's cool. Yep, that's theft. That's literal fucking theft. <laughs> ah, she said inside the trunk was the rotted body of the missing bride who apparently became locked in the trunk she'd hidden. And mm. nobody knows whether she starved or died of dehydration first uh i think it's that she ran out of love and her face was also frozen in a screen that's what happens when you run out of love Mm -hmm. Ugh. imagine imagine you're like imagine you're like going on a trip and you find the body of a dead bride in your suitcase Wait, why in your suitcase? I don't know. She opened up a random box. Well, I mean, no, I assume like one of those old like lock and key trunks you see in uh, like old people's house. Are you telling me that you don't use an old lock and key uh, box to take on vacation? No. (laughs) Well, then we're just on two different wavelengths, my friend. It would seem so. Okay, well, I'll I'll go ahead and show you this so it doesn't stress you out. Wait, is that why Jimmy hasn't found, like, nobody's found Jimmy's body? You have it in a suitcase somewhere? I'm not going to tell you anything about Jimmy. He's fine. I mean, so you said I haven't spoken to him in a couple of hours. Hmm? I told you. He's fine. He autoerotic asphyxiated, and he's in heaven. After he got hit by that semi that I was driving. Oh, my mistake. Yeah, yeah, that is your that is your bad, Connor. That is your bad. This is why I drink. Yes, I make you drink. You murder our friends. 
I mean, it's fine. We find new ones. Family is forever. Friends come and go. Exactly. Sometimes just buy a semi-truck. Yeah, and then I hang them up with their pants around their ankles. So this one, like I said, it's an original creepypasta. It is one of the ones that actually got me into it when I was younger. Um, it's not too long. It's maybe like a couple minute read, but I think because the way that I saw it back in the day was YouTube and they would have like a, a creepy video and it was, it's honestly kind of terrifying when you watch it. So wait, this just used to be a video that, so this was originally a video. It wasn't actually like a creepypasta it, written out. It's, or? it's an original creepypasta that was written down. I just found it via YouTube on a video that somebody had made. Gotcha. Okay. So, oh my God. So this one's called, for my last one, Gateway of the Mind. Cue the spooky music. In 1983, a team of deeply pious scientists conducted a radical experiment in an undeclosed facility. The scientists had theorized that a human without access to any senses or ways to receive stimuli would be able to perceive the presence of God. They believed that the five senses clouded our awareness of eternity, and without them, a human could actually establish contact with God by thought. An elderly man who claimed to have nothing left to live for was the only test subject to volunteer. To purge him of all of his senses, the scientists performed a complex operation in which every sensory nerve connection to the brain was surgically severed. Although the test subject retained full muscular function, he could not see, hear, taste, smell, or feel. With no possible way to communicate with, with or even sense the outside world, he was alone with his thoughts. Scientists monitored him as he spoke aloud about his state of mind in jumbled, slurred sentences that he couldn't even hear. After four days, the man claimed he claimed to be hearing hushed, unintelligible voices in his head. Assuming it was an onset of psychosis, the scientists paid little attention to the man's concerns. Two days later, the man cried that he could hear his dead wife speaking with him. And even more, he could communicate back. The scientists were intrigued, but were not convinced until the subject started naming dead relatives of the scientists. He repeated personal information to the scientists that only their dead spouses and parents would have known. At this point, a sizable portion of the scientists left the study. After a week of conversing with the deceased through his thoughts, the subject became distressed, saying the voices were overwhelming. In every waking moment, his consciousness was bombarded by hundreds of voices that refused to leave him alone. He frequently threw, him against, threw himself against the wall, trying to at least elicit pain response. He begged the scientists for sedatives so he could escape the voices. This tactic worked for three days until he, and I can't read, but I'm trying, until he started having severe night terrors. The subject repeatedly said that he could see and hear the deceased in his dreams. Only a day later, the subject began to scream and claw at his non-functional eyes, hoping to sense something in the physical world. The historical subject now said the voices of the dead were deafening and hostile, speaking of hell and the end of the world. At oh, one point... is Yeah. Okay, yeah. sorry. Didn't interrupt. Jesus. <laughs> at one point, he yelled, no heaven, no forgiveness, for five straight hours. He continually begged to be killed, but the scientists were convinced that he was close to establishing contact with God. 
Another day, the subject could no longer form coherent sentences. Seemingly mad, he started to bite off chunks of flesh from his arm. The scientist rushed into the test chamber and restrained him to a table so he could not kill himself. After a few hours of being tied down, the subject halted, his struggling and screaming. He stared blankly at the ceiling as teardrops silently streaked across his face. For two weeks, the subject had to be manly rehydrated due to the constant crying. Eventually, he turned his head and despite his blindness, made focused eye contact with the scientist for the first time in the study. He whispered, I've spoken with God and he has abandoned us. <laughs>